Play-By Podcast is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com or support through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abnormal mapping. There are a few ways to get around the interdependency of Shard. You can travel by horse, by boat, even by airship. But most people who need to get around go by wagon. The Leyline Wagon is a post-miasma marvel, powered by the channeling of innate magical energy. These wagons range in size from small passenger vehicles to massive three-story shipping wagons and are favored by the merchant class as mobile storefronts. The three of you, Immolator Sierra, Lyra the Fighter, the Druid de Grasse, you find yourselves in the two-story wagon of an odd halfling merchant barreling across the miasma somewhere south of the swampy Mourner's March. The halfling, an ex-wanderer and friend of Sierra's, is one Bazine de Breen. This trip is one of several favors Bazine owes you, Sierra. Presently, Bazine has just finished rearranging and securing the sparsely stocked shelves of his store into more manageable lockboxes like so much foldable furniture. Outside, Bazine's assistant, a jacks named Buck, pilots the wagon through the purple mist and gnarled overgrowth toward your destination. An old university grounds rumored to contain a still intact library of pre-miasma knowledge. As you begin to move upstairs to the crew quarters, you hear a series of loud pops. The room begins to tilt as more sounds fill your ears. Buck cursing loudly from the driver's platform, the wagon skidding along marshy ground, and a hissing sound, like acid on a steel plate. What do you do? Fetal position. <laughs> so, <laughs> first contact and I'm doing the I'm doing the, 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 uh, the, Delta, the, Delta, the Delta Airlines school of like we're <laughs> duck ducking in and they teach you to do. by podcast, an actual play podcast about storytelling through the medium of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Michael, the GM, and today I'm joined, as always, by Leon Barnes. Hey, what's up, guys? Liam Higgins. Hello. And Laura Coe. Hi. Uh, we're playing Dungeon World by Adam Coble and Sage Del Toro. But how do you play Dungeon World, you Ooh. ask? Good question, Michael. How do you play Dungeon World? Thank you, Leon. I feel like you were, <laughs> were you set up for that? <laughs> Don't. We're going to edit this out because all podcasts <laughs> acknowledge when they do segues. <laughs> It's, it's a blight on the medium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, how do you play Dungeon World? The way I like to explain it is uh, to do a thing, you do the thing. <laughs> so let, let's. I can get down with that. That honestly makes perfect sense. Let's let's uh, expand that out a little bit. So in D&D, you would uh, walk into a room and say, uh, do I see anything? And then, I w- and then me, the GM, would say, uh, roll a perception check. And then you would roll. And then I would tell you what you saw. In Dungeon World, that what happens is you walk into a room and you tell me I'm looking around and I say, oh, that sounds like a uh, discern realities role. 
and then you roll that. So it's it's fiction first. Everything happens in the fiction first, and then That's we good. go to mechanics, and then we go back to the fiction. It starts yeah. with the fiction, and it ends there. You basically have eight like thing things that you can do, quote unquote. But like you fit it, 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 it lets the narrative choices take over for the like the practical. This right. is more story driven than it is gameplay driven. So think of yeah. this as The Last of Us and not Dragon Age. The 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 physical game the the actual nuts and bolts gameplay yeah. of D D was always my least favorite there's part. There's a lot so less like more, yeah. There's a lot less math. Yeah. So there's a lot less math and a lot more like freedom to do what you like there's a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. Within a smaller structure, mm-hmm. and the the mechanics really feed into the fiction and like fi- this thing called fictional positioning, which is sort of about like where you are in the moment, where your character is in the moment there. So like if you've got so your weapons have tags like uh, reach or close, and depending on fictional positioning, literally like they determine whether or not you can you have like a better chance at making an attack. So moving on, we're going to talk about moves, which are uh, specifically the basic moves. You've got. A couple that you can do. We're going to talk about special moves later when they come up in the session. But basic moves are just things that everybody can do and things that come up in the fiction when they do them. Like a hack and slash, a volley, parlay, defy danger, defend, discern realities, spout lore, and aid or interfere. So defy danger and aid or interfere really cover a lot of things. They're like, it really covers a lot of bases. Because aid or interfere, let's literally like anytime you help someone do something or try to stop someone from doing something, that's an aid or interfere role. Whereas it used to be in uh, if it were, if we were playing D and D and you wanted to help or stop someone, it would be like a contested role right. usually. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'd have to look at all these different stats on your sheet and right. see what fits with what. It would fucking take forever. It would. And defy danger pretty much skirts around like just trying to get out of trouble very quickly at any point in time, yeah. and it has different like stat allocations for what kind of way you're trying to get out of the trouble. It's like, do you or don't you? Right, yeah. A hack and slash is uh, basically if you enter into a melee, so if you're in like a fight with another person, if you're just like, if you just like get behind a person and stab them, you just stab yeah. them and do your damage. It's it's like active, like combat right, melee. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Volley, similar thing with uh, shooting arrows and mm-hmm. ranged weapons. Parlay is sort of this game's version of intimidation or uh, charming person, charming people, and uh, diplomacy. Yeah, things like that. There you go. Ta- like talking to people, getting information out. So of So the them. charisma would factor into that, right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a it's a roll plus cha, cha, yeah, cha, cha, cha. Uh, defend. If you just want to sort of, if you want to like take a bullet for somebody or anything like that, you would mm-hmm. do, you would probably roll defend. Mm-hmm. Or if you're trying to like stop people from getting into a certain place like there, like a lot of the, the books uh, usage for defend is like if you want to defend a certain place or like a thing yeah it's like standing your ground right yeah with spout lore you're sort of that's sort of your intelligence skill that's sort of your uh trying to recollect information in D, you would be like uh can i roll a nature check to learn about this creature uh, in this, you would just say, I look yeah. at this creature and try to remember what, it, try to like think of if I've seen something like this yeah. before, and that becomes a spout lore role. It kind of encompasses like history, religion, nature, arcana, that right. whole like things that your character would know. Yeah, anything your character would know, if you want to sort of bring it to the table as a piece of information for everyone to use, you would spout lore. And uh, then there's uh, discern realities. We're all looking at sheets right now. <laughs> Paper. It's important. I love how parlay is not actually parlay. Parlay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, parlay. What do you mean? Pop it. Like parlay in traditional sense. 
It's not, like to have a parlay. Yeah, it is to have a parlay. But this is basically just if you have any kind of leverage on the GM, you can manipulate it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like, if if fictional positioning, if your character has some sort of leverage on another character, you can parlay for like, information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not even like negotiating. Like literally, Threats. I'm going to threaten you. <laughs> extortion. Blackmail. Yeah, yeah, informational extortion. It's, ex- it's, basically. Expo- it's extortion. Yeah. yeah. But but hey. Some people, ha- some people have moves that make them better at extortion. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> True. It all evens out. And uh, to talk about our la- the last one on the list, uh, discern realities. It's sort of when you, just when you study situations, when you're looking for clues or trying to make sure that you're not about to be completely murdered by an axe. Yeah, this is your kind of insight, investigation, perception kind of... Trap finding, even. Yeah. It's just if you want to learn about... It's discern realities. If you want to learn about what's, go- what's going on in my immediate area and what might be about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one asks, lets you ask very specific questions, which you'll see when they come up. Yeah, there's a there's a list of questions associated with uh, discern realities that you can ask to get uh, information on your situation. And when we roll those, uh, we'll be going off of this sort of a six, seven to nine, or ten based for your effect. Mm-hmm. So a six is a failure out and out. It means anything anything below six means nope, you messed up. Anything below six means I, as the GM, get to make a move mm-hmm. as hard or soft as I want. Meaning as yikes, <laughs> <laughs> right? As highly effective or small consequence as he wants. Right on a seven to nine, you get a partial success, which means you get what you want, but it probably comes at a price. Mm-hmm. Maybe you lose something. Maybe you take damage. Maybe uh, you get separated. On a 10 or above, uh, you pretty much you get what you want with uh, no consequence, really. You get, you get exactly the desired effect. And uh, you can even push a 10 or above to get plus your desired effect. So like in uh, Hack and Slash specifically, if you roll a 10 or above, you can choose to do extra damage and take a little damage yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas normally if you roll a 10, you can just do your damage and not have to worry about getting smacked. It's basically you get the upper hand on the situation, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, having given the basic overview of those basic moves, let's talk about some class moves. Woo-hoo. We're going to start with Sierra Scorchskin, Leon mm-hmm. Barnes, the emulator. Mm-hmm. Yep. So an emulator is basically a firebender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they great. control fire. They know how well it works they are connected to it so like firebending and or like pyromancy yeah Yeah. pyromancy so they don't have any weapons all their weapons is based on them being able to create things out of fire Mm -hmm. which brings us to the first move burning brand and what's burning brand leon uh burning brand is where you can conjure a weapon of pure flame you can make it into anything you want so you can make like a fireball you can make a fire spear just anything you can imagine so it's just that it's made of fire. And with that, I can basically... You can create a weapon. Yeah, I can create a weapon. Yeah. We'll get into the niche of it when we actually use it. That's pretty good. When, when, when we, use it, my team. <laughs> when we use it, we'll use it. Yeah, when we use it, we'll get into the niche of what else it can do. But that's basically what it does. Mm-hmm. Then you gotta give me fuel, give me fire. A lot of these are pretty much references. Thanks, Adam <laughs> and Sage. These are pretty much a lot of references. You'll For these sick Metallica references, yeah. right? Yeah. One is not, though. <laughs> So it's basically, I'm going to read this verbatim from what it says here. When you gaze in- intensely into someone's eyes, you may ask the player what fuels the flames of your desires. They'll answer with the truth. So essentially, think of it like, it's like the penance stare mixed <laughs> with, it's the penance stare mixed with the lasso of truth. I knew you were going to bring that into this. Because it basically is. It is, it is. It's the penance stare with the lasso of truth from like Ghost Riders. So basically, you look into their eyes and they tell you the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we have... <laughs> My favorite name, oh, Zuko, Zuko style. <laughs> Zuko. 
gonna do my the, whatever his grandpa's name is. So what you uncle. do with Zuko style is you basically scream out honor and you have flames everywhere. That's not the move. <laughs> I know, but I wish that's it not canon. You befriend the Avatar and then you save the world. <laughs> not lore. Not lore. Move on. <laughs> Please explain the move, Leon. I'm getting to it. Okay, Zuko style is when you bend a flame to your will. So basically, well, well you can, you have the ability to manu- manipulate fire at will. Basically. Yeah, you yeah. can. I can. T- if like there's a flame out in the open, I can basically hold my hand up and be like, yeah, bend whatever's outside of your body. Yeah. So so if there's any torches around, you can just fuck with those at mm-hmm. will. Cool. Yeah. You, you seen the last Airbender? Like, tell me about your next move. Uh, fighting fire with fire. Okay, so when I take damage, what I can do is basically, if it's an odd number, I can have the flames come to my head and I can add to my burning brand, or I can choose to just reduce the damage by the amount. Which I think that's actually like a super good skill. It is. It's going to be really helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm like almost hoping I roll odds for if Major- I if you ever take damage. Like majority of these skills are all linked back to my burning brand. Right. Hot hands. Uh, anything else? And for you uh, the last one that we have is handcrafted, where I can use my hands in place of tools and and fire to craft metal objects. I'm a blacksmith. <laughs> a walking blacksmith. I'm a walking blacksmith. And mundane weapons, armor, and metal jewelry can all be formed from the raw components. I can unmake these things, so I can choose to make them or not make them. Right. And I I think if you can unmake them, you could probably unmake like other things in the world at like. So, like, if there was a big metal door, for instance, you could probably spend a couple of turns on making that. With yeah, your but to do it, ability. but if I'm going to do it without it being like without time and safety, so basically, in like an intense moment, I'll have to risk a uh, defy danger. Right. Yeah. So that's the only time that it's really not helpful. Does that mean you can like melt through stonework? Pretty much. Oh man, I'm gonna have to revamp a bunch of encounters now. It kind of. <laughs> it basically, yeah, I can pretty much melt through stonework. It's basically any kind of weapon, armor, metal, jewelry can be formed from the raw components or so, broken down or broken down so i can literally break down a door and just be like i made a you can melt. I, made a, I made a nice brooch for you mm-hmm. so that's pretty much all of my moves i think right yeah. and what about you liam sorry degrass the druid oh, yeah Degr- yeah degrass tillfield i'm a druid and i should say that first and druids are sort of um they're often associated with like sort of like ireland like rural like really like kind of at least when I think of a druid, it's like rainy, like gr- grass, like you're just cold, saying that wet. because you got a shillelagh. I do have a shillelagh. <laughs> he does have a shillelagh. But the um, uh, yeah. So druids are sort of there's almost always like a religious bent to druids. Like there's sort of um, like think Stonehenge. Well, kind it's like of. old it's, gods. Yeah, old old gods. Yeah, old like earth. Connection. Very old gods. Yeah. Connection to Mother Earth. Yeah, very like spiritual in that sense. Um, so my my first move is born of the soil, which is um, so I learned my magic in a place where um. This like I'm sort of one with the spirits of the place, um. So wherever you go, they live within you, and you know you can you can take their shape, um. So you can pick one of like a, a set, um, and it's like the land that you come from. So it's like what you're spiritually attuned to. So mm-hmm. it's sort of um. And I picked the Whispering Plains because uh, the grass is from sort of like almost like a Kansas, like a little house in the prairie type thing. Yeah. So that's what I picked. It, it sort of gives you like your own little bestiary of things you already know how to transform yeah. into. Mm-hmm. It's like if you think of it about it as like your Patronus from Harry Potter, but it's like determine where or you're, where you're from. Animagus, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, no, I was, I meant Patronus. Like the, it's like a personal tell, but it's instead of like a personal uh, thing, it's where yeah, you yeah. come from. So Liam, right now off the top of your head, tell me like two animals that live on the plains. Uh, I'm going to say, um, 
meerkat or a prairie dog. I should I get this. That's okay. Right. Prairie Same. Dog. Okay. Yeah, prairie, yeah, dog. prairie dog. Prairie dog. And um, like buffalo, bison, that kind of okay, thing. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good dichotomy there. Yeah. Very like, small. I, I'm thinking. Big. I'm thinking like Montana can't. You know, like that yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. So then my next move is by nature sustained, which is um, you don't need to eat or drink if a move tells you to mark off a ration, just ignore it. And then the third one is, which is like um, sort of I can understand the creatures of the wild and what they're saying. Um, I can understand any animal native to my land um, or an essence that I've studied. So like not every animal, but ones that I've studied or ones from the plains. Right. And then my last move is shapeshifter. Um, you can call upon the spirits to change your shape. Again, like the last one, you can take the physical form of any species whose essence I've studied or ones from my native land. Right. Mm-hmm. That's uh, more the anime just type. Yeah, that's and, the, yeah, yeah. And you've also got to move for studying those animals, right? Right, yeah. You have to, yeah, on a, on a 10, 10 plus hold three, on a seven to nine hold two, and on a miss hold one, in addition to whatever the GM says. And the way that, uh, sh- shapeshifting like that works is when you get that hold, that's another move you can make in your shapeshifted form. Right, right, right. And w- on the back of your sheet, actually, there's some, like, suggested moves for your shapeshift forms. The advan- and the advanced moves? No, a little bit further down. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. So it'll give you like a couple things you might. We can the uh, animal moves. Got okay. That's cool. Well, we can absolutely talk about what specific moves a meerkat might do. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then um, once I'm uh, once I'm out, like, I spend one hold to make that move, and then once I'm out of the hold, I return to my natural form. Yeah. Um, and then that was like, and just as a side note, that was a wisdom roll. Right. I don't know how much really that matters, but I wanted to get that in. Um, so yeah, those are my moves. All right, Laura. Because my character is a fighter, things are a bit simpler in the moves department, not really magic based. Um, so the the big move is uh, her signature weapon. So mostly, uh, I, I my idea was have Lyra. She has like bird feet claws, so she would attack with her claws. But her weapon is a whip that she keeps attached to her leg that she can uncoil and use that as a bit of a reach to kind of bring enemies closer and also do a little bit of damage. And it's got, uh, so you get to choose enhancements to it. So mine is versatile. So I get the two ranges. I get a close range and I get a reach range. And I have, it has serrated edges to it to add to damage. Which this is a fucked up whip. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's great. I love it. Um, And it says choose a a look to it. Um, I chose unblemished. She's kind of a newbie. So it's probably not been used that much yet. Um, Like I don't want to speak... I don't want to speak for the character decision, but I'm sort of imagining like the 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 chain whip thing from uh, Bloodborne, like oh, the, oh, the, the cane sword. Thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. sure. I'd totally. be fucking those things up in Yarnum with that. <laughs> I tell you what, and then dying immediately. It's uh, it's 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 like enough that it's not gonna like rip up her leg when it's on there, but like it's it's definitely got some some tooth to it. Right. Um, so my next move, which is one of my favorite, is called uh, Ben Bar's Lift Gates. <laughs> so uh, when I use pure strength to destroy an inanimate obstacle, I can use, I get these extra advantages to it. I can, uh, if I'm on a 10 plus, I get to choose three of these and a seven to nine is a two. Um, so it either doesn't take a very long time, nothing of value is damaged, it doesn't make an inordinate amount of noise, or you can fix the thing again without a lot of effort which I feel like will be nice in kind of like getting around obstacles. And then more of a passive one is armored and you get to ignore the clumsy tag on any armor you wear. Hmm. I like that. And uh, in addition to all those class moves and the basic moves, we've got things specifically for me, the GM, starting with uh, the GM's agenda. (laughs) The GM's agenda for Dungeon World says that I am to uh, portray a fantastic world, Natch, (laughs) <laughs> uh, to fill the characters' lives with adventure, 
Uh-huh. And to play to find out what happens. And to do that, I have to follow some GM principles, which are draw maps, leave blanks, uh, address the characters, not the players, to embrace the fantastic, uh, to make moves that follow, to never speak the name of my move, to give every monster life, to name every person, to ask questions and use the answers, to be a fan of the characters, to think dangerous, to begin and end with the fiction, and to think off screen too. Mm-hmm. So his job is to be a storyteller. Don't hate on us too hard. Yeah. Because um, I'm not here to... Ki- the, the point of the game is not to murder my friends. Right. Because it'll Willy, happen. You're our Willy Wonka. <laughs> it'll, when it happens, it will be dramatic and glorious. And sad. It'll be great. Be very sad. That said, uh, you guys might lose a hand in the first couple sessions. Or Woo-hoo. wait, what? <laughs> Excuse you, I don't have hands. I only need <laughs> <Take> one. <that. laughs> and I've also got. Uh, speaking of moves, I've got some GM moves, which are to use monster danger or location moves to reveal unwelcome truths, to show signs of approaching threats, to deal damage, which is like the most basic one, mm-hmm. to use up your resources, to turn your move back on you, to separate you. To give you an opportunity that fits a class ability, to show a downside to your class, race, or equipment, to offer an opportunity with or without cost, to put someone in a spot, or to tell someone the requirement or consequences and ask. So that's sort of just the my modus operandi to fulfill my principles, to fulfill my agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun layers of... He's got things that can fuck with us, and he's got things that can help us. <laughs> and uh, we'll see which ones of those come out in yeah. the game. <laughs> and uh, who are these characters, you might be asking, if you didn't listen to episode zero? Well, and we're going to go around the table one more time, and we're going to talk about them mm-hmm. in brief. So, uh, Leon, why don't you go first and tell us about Sierra? Uh, my character is Sierra Scorchskin. She is a salamander wharf. Which, if you didn't listen to episode zero, they are like dwarves, but animal people. Yeah, essentially. She's a small she's a small lizard. She's a small lizard girl. She's love a small her. reptilian. With a big fat tail. <laughs> With a big fat tail. A compact lizard who we love and trust. Yeah. <laughs> Whom we love. Uh she's the oldest of the bunch. Is I would she? agree with that. Yeah, uh, she's, she's, the, she's oldest the oldest of the bunch. And the most experienced mm-hmm. at wandering. Yeah. She's been around longer than these two. Mm-hmm. She's wearing like a she would Well, considering she's a Well tell me about her general look first, like what you've got on the sheet. A uh, general look is that her, uh, she's got strange brands all over her body. Uh, part of it is scales, but some of them just don't seem seem out of place. Like, they don't feel like they're, part, they're supposed to be there. She's got very warm eyes, very yellowish, very nice yellow-orange. Mm-hmm. So warm literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's very inviting. Uh, she's got a very whispering voice. She's very soft-spoken. She doesn't like to yell a lot. Do you want to tell us about her coloring? Her yeah. special deal for that? Oh, yeah. The thing uh, yeah. we talked about in the chat. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, a special thing about her is that her scales and skin changes based on her emotion. and Subtly. subtly. <laughs> Not crazy. And it's only specific to certain emotions. So when so her skin, when she turns bright red, that means she's very much angry, very mm. much in a rage. Pink means that she's infatuated or embarrassed about something. Green was that she was sick. And dark blue was fear. Mm-hmm. And a bright blue meant that she was sad. And this is like mostly concentrated just like on her scales. Yeah, mostly. this is mostly like concentrated. Like the patches on, of scales. She yeah, had. like some patches of scales. And she's at a baseline, she's just orange. Yeah. Right. So she she cuts an intimidating figure, but she's a lovely mama mama lizard. Yeah. <laughs> she's very much a mama lizard. And very quickly, can we go over your bonds with uh, the other two? Okay, well, she's very intrigued by DeGrasse for his ideals of nature because she's been in a place where it's not really a lot of nature. 
Right. She's but, from the like volcanic yeah, mountain. She's area. from a volcanic mountain. She doesn't see a lot of just greenery. So hearing him talk about nature is very intri- intriguing. I feel like she has a closer connection to Lyra because uh, she, Lyra seems to admire her a lot right. and her strength. Right. And she doesn't like the idea of letting her down. Kind of like any mother or father figure. <laughs> <laughs> and can we talk about your uh, your alignment for a sec? Because uh, so, an important thing to note is that doing the thing associated with your alignment nets you an experience point. She's naturally good. She right. uh, doesn't have a bad bone in her body. Uh, she likes to. Pre- she's prevents the sacrifice of another, even at the cost of herself. So she'll put herself first before anyone else. Right. Mama lizard. Which, uh, which is sort of a spin that you put on the other class alignments for the emulator, which are sort of uh, yeah around sacrifice. Yeah, a lot of the other ones are very like evil, chaotic, neutral things like that, and they're but all they're like sacrificing on... other people, like other yeah, things. They're or all people. about sacrifice, but in this sense, she's sacrificing herself because that's the biggest form of sacrifice to her. Which I think was a really nice way to turn that on its head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about Lyra. While we're at it. Um, so Lyra is a fun race that we, another fun race we made up. Uh, she's a high wing. No, that's all you, fam. Well, me. Well, a, a midnight. That was mostly you. Messaging with Michael. Um, so she is uh, a fun bird person, but she has like a normal human looking body, except for instead of arms, she has wings, so no hands. And she has like from the knee down, it's bird, feet. bird leg and talon. Yeah. Right. Um, so she is from a, the coastal region of this area that we're from, the Shard. Um, she is, she's, uh, she's from a good family, but she, uh, she has a lot of, uh, a lot that she's trying to live up to. She's, she's pretty small. She's pretty like petite and light. She's a bird. She's kind of got to have that agility. Um, she has, uh, if you know the harpy eagle, that's her like wing color pattern and she has like black hair. She is kind of fresh out there. She's only been adventuring for a little while. She kind of saw Sierra and started clinging to her. Um, she, part of her bond is she really admires Sierra's strength. She sees her as this really strong, capable warrior, essentially, and she she wants to be like that. That's, that's kind of what she aspires to be. And can you tell me about Lyra's look? Well, yeah, well, she uh, lithe. She's got eager eyes, which is a fun thing to say. Um, She's got wild hair because if you look at harpy eagles, they kind of have this like extra weird little spike of feathers on their head, which is kind of hilarious that I love. Um, she's got the the kind of tanned skin where it's skin and, of course, feathers all over her wings. Um, she is a fighter, so she kind of has to keep kind of a close garb so there's nothing that's going to catch on anything. Um, she's just got some regular pants and... Uh, because she, armholes are kind of a difficult thing with high wings. So it's more uh, almost like vest style where it's like uh, it goes on. If you've seen like the uh, the Rito in uh, Breath of the Wild, it's like that kind of style. Of it's a poncho. Things things have to be attached a different way. It's like almost like the way that armor plates go on. Oh, yeah. So it's that way like, it goes around her wings. So like, like, a, like a curious. Yeah. Like a, OK. Tell them about your hair thing. Oh, well, so if anyone's seen Studio Ghibli movies, uh, there's this really lovely thing where their hair is very emotive. Um, and I thought since Lyra, she is a bird and bird, like the follicles for feathers and for hair for uh, animals are like can be expressive. They can kind of go up. I figured her hair would work kind of the same way. And so when she's 
very startled or very upset. She can kind of have the floaty Ghibli hair. It's a really cute detail. I just love it. Um, and before we get to DeGrasse, her, her relationship with DeGrasse is he's, he's, she's a newbie, but he's like the most newbie of them all. She has like <laughs> combat experience and she's been out there a little bit. And so she, she worries about DeGrasse's ability to survive out there in the wild. So Rightly she, so, honestly. <laughs> she, she feels like she also has to keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. And we'll, and with that, we'll take it to DeGrasse. Cool. So, uh. Yeah, I basically to paint a little word picture in in your mind. <laughs> Here we go. It's yeah. a story. <laughs> picture in your mind's eye, a young lad with messy hair, wise eyes, and weathered hides for clothes. Okay, so he's like, but in terms of like an actual visual template, um, Michael and I were talking, and he's basically Paddington with like a with a he uses a shillelagh as a walking stick, <laughs> like sort of. <laughs> He's one of the earth. He's a um. So he's from like this really shitty part of uh, Shard called Oxbow. He's a human. Yeah, it's yeah, he's hu- a human. yeah, human. I should yeah, thank you. I should say that first. Um, <laughs> Not a bear person. Yeah, it's yeah right. Um, Oxbow is kind of um. It was this place that was like very ardent, uh, like a very sort of lush farm farm community that has since the the onset of the miasma, which you can hear about in there in episode zero, mm-hmm. um, has sort of fallen under disrepair and isn't really like um. And like isn't really producing that much crops except like maybe like wheat or like not a whole lot. Just so a very everyone, basic. Yeah. Statement. So everywhere they're kind of just you. You grow there. You grow up there. You die. You die there. And you're um, a farmer or some sort of uh, related profession. Yeah. Exactly. And and you're very one with the earth there. And it's not really not really many grand ambitions. The difference with DeGrasse is that he is um he's not that strong. And he's not that dexterous, but he's very intelligent and wise. And so it's the obviously this the smarter. He is in a place that, um, like, sort of limits that kind of stuff. Right. You know, the more frustrated he gets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of a Luke Skywalker around Tatooine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, should I go into my bonds, or should I keep talking about the um, the? Well, you you've described your look. Pretty, okay, that's, pretty, so, that's my look. Well, um, so yeah, imagine imagine that a uh, very young kid, like very inexperienced in combat. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so no. the way, <laughs> so the way Dungeon World works, uh, you guys are there. There's only one fighter. There's only one emulator. There's only one druid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're the only person you know who can do what you can do, which is shape shift into fucking animals. Yeah. yeah. I feel like most people in Oxbow or like this area of the shard have a somewhat proclivity for that kind of stuff. But I'm the only one that can like really, right. yeah. So are there other like? Uh, like nature worshiper type druid. Yeah, I think like it's one of those things where like everyone is kind of like spiritually in tune with the nature, but I'm the only one that's like physically can like unlock it. Everyone right. else you is know? too busy farming and not caring about that kind of Smoking thing. Smoking halfling pipe weed, <laughs> which <laughs> DeGrasse does partake in from time to time. <laughs> you know. We're gonna we're, we're pro halfling pipe weed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not cops. Yeah, no, we're not the feds. Legalize pipe weed. Legalize <laughs> pipe weed. But yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, so, and also sort of uh, part of the inspiration for this, another uh, picture is sort of kind of the Shire in terms of the mentality and like the rural nature of it. Imagine that the majority of people in this area are like Pippin if he never left the Shire, just kind of going down to the dream, Green Dragon and smoking pipe. That yeah. kind of, you know, that right, kind yeah, of mentality. Yeah. Um, and about your bonds. And about my bonds. Okay, so I have a Lyra smells more like prey than a hunter. Now, could you go into detail about yeah, that? Yeah, I think, I think this is more... <sighs> Not uh, DeGrasse in his like human form, but when he's a shapeshifter, he can't quite control. If he were to turn into a carnivorous creature, hmm. he would might have issues because of the bird mm-hmm. nature. Right. Um, so that's more. I 
it was it was sort of the thing where I filled that blank in before we, we had really like ironed our characters out. But I think that still works. The way it was described is that DeGrasse is more prone to eat a bird than a lizard. Yeah, yeah. that is definitely true. <laughs> like if he's gonna eat anyone, because he's a you know the bird. There aren't really many lizards in the the plains, mm-hmm. but there are. There are birds. Okay, is so. that is that purely animalistic, or is there some sort of psychological edge to that? Where you, since she's got some sort of weakness, I think there somewhere. is a um, a hunter gatherer psychological thing in there, in that the everyone where he lives is sort of forages for food, and so he sees the bird thing. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think you would ever actually try to have a go at uh, Lyra in that sense. <laughs> that could create a very interesting dramatic t- piece of tension, though. It could. It could. We'll have to. We'll have to explore. Great. That. We put that in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, Thank right. you. Let me add that to the, to the almost bank. non-existent ideas folder right now. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm scrambling. All right. No, but this is all written down. This was all planned before. Okay. So then my bond with Sierra is the spirit spoke to me of a great danger that follows Sierra. Ooh. So it's sort of a, um, a spiritual malevolence that hovers over you. And I, since I'm somewhat in tune with that stuff, right. I'm, you know, I'm kind of on that level, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, those, those are my bonds. And I would say that on a deeper level, um, I think Sierra is sort of the uh, the person you look up to, but you're also kind of like scared of because right, you depend on them. Kind you've of thing. seen yeah. her fucking wield fire in her hand. Yeah, and then yeah. and then I would say that um, me and Lyra are I, I would say more siblings. Ah. Kind of that mm-hmm. more that dynamic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So, so Sierra's the mom. Sierra's yeah, mom. Oh I wouldn't say mom, God. but like almost mom, like almost okay, like kind of the aunt that would never wanted to have kids, but mom now has friend. to take care of kids, kind mom of thing. Friend. Yeah, mom friend. Yeah. Oh my. God. Like I de- like I'm slightly scared because I don't know you, but I depend. You know, so that kind of thing. Um, I'm he, not even like a mom. Yeah, like you said, I'm the aunt that didn't want to have kids, but is kind of just like forced <laughs> to take yeah. care of these kids. So, or but, like when you when you you know you you know yourself, and you're like, I don't, I couldn't own a cat, but mm-hmm. whenever you go over to a friend's house and they have a cat, you're like, oh, sweet cat. Mm-hmm. She's already. Is that how you are when you come to my house? Honestly. Yes. Yeah, every time. yeah. Charlie's good. No, actually, good that's cat. who I am when I come over to Laura's house. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, because the dog. Yeah. So the um. Oh, and you have cats too. I forget. Yeah. yeah. Um. She's kind of the intimidating older sister, <laughs> where it's like she doesn't want to get stuck with these kids, but she's going to take care of them anyway. Mm, actually, there, there is. actually, if yeah, I were okay. to describe any kind of relationship, no. these two are oh, like Sarah, the Lilo okay. to my Nani. Yeah. Both, both of them collectively? <laughs> They're both collectively a Lilo to I feel, my Nani. No, I feel like DeGrasse is a bit of a stitch. <laughs> Stitch. Even better. Stitch to my nani. A more chill stitch. A less chaotic stitch. I would also say that DeGrasse is the kind of person that is not going to... He. I feel like he has sort of like the hidden strength in the sense that like he like tills literally tills fields right, it's like yeah. the idea of like people being named after their occupation type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a warrior poet. Uh, yeah, definitely. Farmer like, philosopher. Like mm-hmm. is is good not necessarily good in combat, like the finesse. Like Patrick of Swayze it. from Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's but he is more the one to think his way through fights and use his powers like for you know, mm-hmm. like the way to circum circumvent the enemy rather than yeah. you right. know, he's rather than raw strength. Right in, yeah. So Leon wanted to do something first, so let's go with so uh Sierra, what do you do? I'm gonna talk to Bazine. Bazine? What the fuck was that? I was about to ask you the same thing. Are you three okay? Yeah, we're fine. He DeGrasse hid under and he's on the ground, but he's fine. I'm he's fine. fine. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Buck! Buck! And you can hear Buck still outside just swearing into the breeze. I think Buck is fine. I he doesn't sound fine to me, Sierra. I can I can go out and Give him a hand. Please, thank you. All right. I think we should stay here 
until we get information from outside. So if you could please go check on him. Yeah. Lyra, what do you do? Um, I'm going to try and see what's going on with Jax. Okay, so you maneuver your way onto the driver's platform, which is just a little... There's a door on a raised dais inside the room, and you go out onto that uh, that little dais, and it leads onto what looks like your standard driver's platform, mm-hmm. like something from like a wagon, but it's a little longer because it's about the size of the building you were just in, mm-hmm. like in length. And you can see on the far side, next to a series of levers, is this, this Jax, this four-armed, four-eyed, tall man with... Uh, sort of small deer antlers coming out of his head. Mm-hmm. And he's slapping the side of the driver's platform and he's pulling his crossbow out and he's shouting, uh, what do you do? Uh, I rush over and see what's going on. You rush over to Buck and you look over the side of the platform and you see a pool of greenish ooze puddling around a... Uh, one of the wheel wells of the wagon and you hear the hissing and you see this cloud of acrid looking smoke and you see the wheel sort of slowly disappearing into this ooze and inside you guys the the room is tilting ever so slightly every couple of seconds more to one side have we been in the swamp this kind of swamp area before oh yeah well yeah is it something I'd recognize? This, uh, this is acid. Mm. You don't, you don't normally see this because uh, you're usually running away from the thing that causes it. But mm. uh, this is uh, effectively the wagon has just been attacked by uh, an aberration. Well, shit. Uh, it seems like the, by the size of the puddle, it seems like a couple actually. Yeah. Um, Lear is gonna run back inside and warn the crew. All right. So you, you guys are. Still getting everything sort of hunkered down with Bazine, and then Lyra rushes back in. We've got a little bit of a aberration problem, you know. You want to get the hot hands going? We need to deal with this. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Just check on, check on DeGrasse. If only I could transform into a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> Even so, though there's no so fire. <laughs> DeGrasse, where are you right now? I'm still in the fetal position. Are you like under a table? Yeah, like I'm. <laughs> I'm just trying to, man. I don't even know. I don't know what's going on here. We, we might need a little bit of your, your help, your expertise, if we have a moment. What's it look like out there in terms of the weather? Uh, well, that's a good opportunity for me to sort of describe the area you're, you're in. Please you're, do. You're south of the Mourner's March in this sort of swampy flatland, and uh, there is this purplish mist all around you, which is the miasma. Mm-hmm. And... The, we've talked about how the miasma does weird things to the earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In a lot of cases, that is, it, it, it sort of like molds it in a strange way. And in this specific case, all around you, you see floating platforms of what used to be ground. Hmm. Just floating in the air around you at distances. That's not supposed to be happening. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not supposed to be happening in, uh, well, outside of the miasma. Right, right, right. In the miasma, anything's possible. <laughs> Anything goes. Yeah. So you see a lot of like floating swamp land and just sort of charred, gnarled earth and purple mist. Um, since we're sort of going down a little bit as we as we go. Um, and the, yeah, the, the, the wagon is still sinking listing. Still. Yes. Um, Leo is going to go back out to the deck and kind of do a running leap off so that she can kind of get a better vantage point to see what's going on. You notice that uh, Buck has hopped off of the driver's platform and he's down by the acid. 
mm-hmm. at this point. And he's sort of just looking at it with his hands on his hips, looking into this bubbling pool. You might not want to keep an eye out. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, there might be more of them around here. You might want to get your friends out here. Yeah. Actually, can you get Bazine? I'm sure that we've got something in our stock that could help here. Uh, Lyra's going to go get Bazine and okay. <laughs> direct him towards Buck. And what are the two of you doing right now? I've just been talking to Bazine, just asking questions. This is the last favor I owe you, I swear to God. Yeah, I know. I, I'm aware of this. Look, look you, you, after, do, you, do you know what might happen to us out here? Do you realize... I'm aware of this. Do you have do you have your mask on you? Yes. Because I feel like you're gonna have to walk Bazine? the rest of the way from here. Bazine? Yeah. What, Sierra? What? Did you do something? No. Bazine? I, what would Bazine have done? He's been here with us. Thank you, I don't, boy under the table. I don't think it'd be helpful for Man. him to damage his own wagon. But we we have more Not pressing like matters. Not like that. I mean. You're one to get into trouble. This has nothing to do with anything that happened in Glasstown or anything like that. No. If I re- are you sure? I promise this isn't me. I remember Glasstown very well. I I think we both remember Glasstown very differently. But you. This is a lovely little trip down memory lane. But we have some pressing issues right now. Can you get your friend un- out from underneath my table, please? I'll do my best. Thank you. I'll do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a real uh, boy. You see Bazine go into the little. Lockbox cabinet that he he earlier shoved all of the shelves of his store into. Yeah. And he's just rummaging around in there and he pulls out like the biggest crossbow you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. It's about, it's probably bigger than he is. Oh boy. And he lugs it around. Precariously. Precariously, but also very untrainedly. He's very. Gingerly. uh, He's just, he's just haranguing this thing around. Yeah. And uh, he sort of waddles out of the room and onto the driver's platform. So, DeGrasse, you come out from under the table? <sighs> Finally. Oh, that's worse than I thought. Okay, I'm trying... Help me on this guy. I'm trying to think, are there any animals I can change into to remedy the situation? I think maybe we just go outside and see what happens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the three of you go out onto the, onto the platform. There's mm. a little uh, ladder that leads down off of it onto the ground itself, which is only a couple feet down. Mm-hmm. And you can see Bazine is standing with the crossbow pointed out onto the sort of duny marshes. Mm-hmm. And Buck is still standing over the acid pool. And now he's tapping his foot very nervously. Well, don't do that, man. I would not do that. Just, Why not? It's Just leave it be. Listen, do you know what direction this came from? Did he see what happened? I, I was just driving... And four or five of those things came out of nowhere, and they just hopped onto the wagon wheel. Define. Well, they came out of somewhere. So, which wheel did they jump on? And define things. They jumped onto the driver's side front wheel, and so let's say on the left side. Yes, for for regional consistency. Sorry, I did say driver's side. That is true. (laughs) So, on the left side front wheel, it's covered and it's being just diluted in acid. Buck (laughs) describes to you. These creatures that attacked the wagon. They were about the size of a wolf or a lion. They had uh, yellow, fleshy hides. Oh, Jesus. And they ran on four legs. Hmm. They had no mouths, but they had claws. Four, Four of them ran underneath the wheel, and then there was a bunch of popping, and then the wheel 
began to dissolve. All right, but are they... Are and, we implying uh, they're still under the carriage? You actually do see little yellow fleshy bits around. Mm. And uh, the way he's describing this attack, it sounds like a specific subset of aberrations called knights. Okay. The way I like to describe knights are if you if you mixed like a lamprey or a banana slug mm-hmm. with a wolf. It's and a wolf, terrible. but you can never get the stink off. <laughs> and the thing Ugh. about the, the thing about knights is that they are notorious for two things: pouncing and clawing, and exploding mm-hmm. into puddles of acid. Well, do we know? Or would these aberrations know how to make like coordinated attacks? Oh, absolutely. Oh, they, ha- they have a certain amount of intelli- animal-like intelligence, yes. If they were able to take out the wheels, then they know what they're doing. Yeah, and I think it might be... As soon as Sierra says that, you guys hear chittering over one of the uh, little outcrops of uh, Swampland, and you hear tiny little feet <sighs> plodding your way. And uh, soon enough, you see at first two of these little creatures, and then three, and then four, and then seven. Oh. They're charging at you over the swampland, and they are these little two-legged creatures with gangly orange legs mm. that end on a single stalk in the center, where there's this sort of stony—I would call it a—there's this stony sort of head thing. It's like if imagine if like a battering ram had legs. Oh, fun! And these are pawns. All right. Would this be a good time to tell everyone that since packs of wild dogs roam the lands outside Oxbow, I can transform into a wild dog? That's a thing you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, well, then we'll uh, keep that tabled. I mean, that's, you know, they are charging towards us. So that might be a good idea. Any any leg up we can get. Or buffalo, maybe, to counteract the battering ram. <laughs> and you see these, uh, these seven pawns headed your way. Um, DeGrasse, what do you do? I think, uh, guys, I think I got to go um, uh, Buffalo on this one. I think we just need pure volume. Just an I mean, absolute unit. Why not? <laughs> absolute, absolute unit. unit. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, I think I'm I'm going to die if I take those things head on. Um, you're really quite a downer. I, I do think it's a good idea, but, you know. Well, you're going to die too. So let's, you know, let's, <sighs> let's little workshop this. I think I'm going <laughs> Buffalo. All right. Is that okay? Okay, so DeGrasse, you transform to a buffalo. Can you roll it for your transformation stuff? D6. Uh, 2D6. Uh, what's that roll specifically? It's a roll plus what? Roll plus wisdom. All right, so roll plus wiz. Which is plus one. Okay. Nine. Eight plus one. All right, that's a nine. So on a seven to nine. Make success. Uh, hold, yeah, on a seven to nine, hold. So how much do you hold? Hold two. Hold okay, two. so you get two moves as a buffalo. You trans. Before your very eyes, Sierra and Lyra, you see the form of DeGrasse shift shape into this massive brown-furred, horned uh, mammal. (laughs) 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 You know, the best part of this show now is going to be making Liam do animal noises. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Liam, what do you do? What? Sorry, what does DeGrasse do? I have to talk to the character. Yeah, you fool. DeGrasse, I'm going to say, let's go um, trample them. Since they're entering into a melee, they're running into a melee, you're running into a melee, we'll call it a hack and slash, and you'll do your damage. Nine. And then my damage is... No, wait, what's your... Oh, my... So, roll plus strength. Okay, so... Well, that was nine plus strength. Which is negative one, so eight. All right. (laughs) Not very strong. So, on a seven to nine, uh, you deal your damage, and the enemy uh, deals their damage. 
Alright, where's you roll one of them D6s? Six. six. Good old six. Alright. Alright, so you, DeGrasse, as a buffalo, you charge headlong into this uh this group of pawns. <laughs> Headstrong, he'll take you on. <laughs> and as you 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 literally just pummel through four of them. They're trampled underfoot and they're Little spindly legs are just squashed to pieces. They're kaput. <laughs> Jeez. And then you 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 come back around, and but I do like a mounting gallop, <laughs> <laughs> like do a big wide turn because I can't. I don't have much maneuverability. And while uh, Degrasse is bringing himself back around for another pass, these pawns have made their way over to you, Lyra. They are they are doing the, this dip their heads down so that the the rocky part is. Sort of forward, the and they just part. the hurt, the hurt, the hurty bit, mm-hmm. the, the damage dealing bit of their body mm-hmm. slash head. They do have, I see they this? Yeah, you do. Burning brand. Oh God, way to break in. So <laughs> you're being charged, Lyra, mm-hmm. by the remaining three, okay, who are just head down and rushing at you, and right. then burning, uh, burning Sierra's brand. gonna burning brand. Okay, roll for that, please. So so you roll plus con. What'd you roll? Six plus. Two. Two. So eight. That puts you in the seven. That's nice. That's so yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Yeah. So on a seven to nine, what do you get for your burning brand? Choose one of the tags. Okay. So when you make so when you make your weapon, you get to choose tags for it, which sort of give you uh, different ways of attacking with that weapon. So what tag? What tag are you going to pick for your brand? Well, I got hand thrown near, uh, plus one damage or remove the dangerous tag. So in that case, I'm going to go with thrown because I'm thinking of like arrows. Okay. So I'm you're making like, oh I'm thinking wow like a bow and arrow. Sweet. Okay, so you apparate a flaming bow and arrow with your uh, burning brand. Yep. Which is super tight. Right? And you're going to roll volley? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a volley. For your range. All right, yeah. Go ahead and roll a volley for me mm-hmm. to uh, attack these creatures. And what is that plus? Add your decks. a six. <gasps> Add your decks. My decks is zero. Oof. So here's what <sighs> I'm going to do. On a six, I get to make a move for volley. Uh, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer you, uh, um, we're going to have a little parlay here and I'm going to offer you something. All right. Oh so you can make this attack. All right. In exchange, you're going to take disadvantage to summon your burning brand next time. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm not, but okay. All right. So go ahead and roll your damage then. <laughs> Is yours a D6 for damage? Oh, wait, D8. D8. Sorry. I pulled it out. New Whip system, out. folks. Four. All right, you you shoot off your burning brand, and the the arrow, the flaming arrow, arcs into the sky and comes down directly on top of one of these pawns, and actually cracks its very hard head open, and embeds it in the Splits swampland. It. Yeah, just right through. In twain. I just look at. I'm always gonna. Can I be like a cannon thing? Like it's like Han Han. Not, well, that can Han. also be a canon thing where it's like... Accents. Where it's like, uh, Sierra keeps messing up Lyra's name. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> Always keep your eye open, Lyra. I try. Um, so and Lyra, you've still got two of these things bearing yeah, down on you. What I'm do you do? going to... I would like to pick one up and drop it on the other. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Oh, gosh, wow. <laughs> that is... Oh, my God, that would be... A much uh, more violent approach. I'll say that's a defy danger strength. That, that seems like you're acting despite an imminent threat to power through. That is a lot more violent approach to turning into a bison and shooting a flaming arrow. No, but I really <laughs> like it. And here's the cool thing about that. If she makes this, she gets to use her damage die. Hey. Okay, this is seven plus one. That's 
going to be an eight for me. All right. On a 79, on a defy danger roll, you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. I'll give you a worst outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. Okay. All right. So here's what I'll say. You get to make this attack, but you only do half damage. Okay. Okay. Roll it. (gasps) Big money. That's an eight, so that's a four. All right. That's technically big money. Yeah. You grab this one pawn by its legs and you split them like a chicken. Mm. Oh. And then you hoist this pawn over your head and you bring it down on the other pawn who's almost reached you as it's mid-stride. And you just obliterate the two of them. And you're, you're, not only do these two pawns go down, they you, you the way you bludgeon the other one, it basically explodes. And <laughs> you're covered in this bluish viscera. Ew. That is disgusting. Don't ever do that again. Well, we learn. With that, uh, Degrasse, you've managed to bring yourself back around. <laughs> and you are... Oh, you, right. You're still a buffalo. You, you saunter back up to the group in your buffalo form because you still have one, one hole to left. Uh, do you want to spend that hole? Do you, do you want to just turn back into your, your normal form? Do you want to hold on? Do you want to, well, do you want to pet this buffalo? Well, <laughs> here's, here's my thought. Do you, Bazine, do you have an extra wheel? Uh, you see, that we I could cobble something together if I had enough time. At least I figure since we've got your brute strength available right now, we could use him to kind of wench up the cart a little bit and we yeah. can put something under it in That's place of the wheel. Not a terrible idea, actually. I've already I mean, done I the try. hard work, you know, get, get the use out of me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're going to use DeGrasse as a beast of burden for and, a second. And also, <laughs> and also, I will say you may pet me if I'm a buffalo. Love so so De, DeGrasse the buffalo saunters over to you, Sierra. And Although my fur is caked in mush. <laughs> tilts his head down. Yeah. I just softly pet him like, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> you done good, pig. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... With that, you guys position to grass underneath the wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so to grass, you've got like a you're, you've got a two story house leaning on you a little bit. It doesn't hurt that much because it's still got three other supports, but you do feel a bit of weight. Get that workout in. It's back day. Uh huh. <laughs> and with that, uh, Bazine and Buck go back into their little little, little storefront. Which I need to come up with a good name for that because it's Bazine. Bazine's mm-hmm. bizarre. Bazine's bizarre. Yeah, you like yeah. Bizarre. do that. That's it. All right. So, <laughs> so Bazine and Buck go back into the storefront. Bazine's bizarre, and uh, shortly thereafter they come out. They don't have a wheel, mm-hmm. but they do have a bunch of metal piping and what looks like a very long board. Okay. okay. And what they start doing is mm-hmm. they start making sort of a sled. Okay. Like a ski. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So they, they position the, the metal bits like uh, like a leg up into the wheel well, mm-hmm. and they attach the board. Do they want Sierra to give them a hand? She Sierra, can... you can give them a hand. Would you like to? Yeah, I'll give them a hand in right. whatever uh, way possible. That doesn't really sound like much of a role. That doesn't sound like a role. Yeah, it so... just sounds like an action kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So Sierra helps Bazine and she welds Buck. The, welds yeah, it together. All oh, right, yeah, because you do have a. That's really... what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm literally I, just welding. You use your handcrafted skill to help them along. Look yep. at this fucking teamwork. All right, so here's the thing about that. that... This is the last favor you owe me. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you get that spot there, please? Yeah. Uh, 
You I, channel I, your fucking I channel flame. My fl- I channel my flames in my hand and just <laughs> weld some shit. <laughs> Spot welding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just got like one Speed finger welding. out. Yeah, I'm just like, like, I'm just like, sure. I'm like a plasma torch kind of deal. Like, with one awesome, finger. awesome games done quick, but welding. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with as you're doing that, Bazine kneels down next to you and says, "So, so we're square." Yeah, we're square. <sighs> Thank you. No problem. Buck and I'll get you the rest of the way to the university. Thank That's you. all I ask, Bazine. And you know, I think this leg's gonna hold a lot better with your help. Neat. <laughs> I mean, we were gonna just hold it together with string, but, you know. That's a terrible idea. I take it back, you owe me something else. Huh? <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. No, it's fine. Let's just, let's just get going while we've still got daylight? Question it mark? is still light outside. It's <laughs> about afternoon now. Daylight. Uh. As you guys, uh, as uh, Buck and Bazine make their way back up into the into the the cabin, <laughs> are, you, are you still a buffalo? I forgot. Uh. Back to human. Oh, hey guys. <laughs> I don't like the noise. Bad Foley work. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Is that the noise that's gonna happen every time no, you turn I'll, back into hey, a human? Let me go again. Okay. <laughs> no, no, we're keeping the I think first I, one in. I think I prefer the first one. Actually. I don't want to. I don't want to feel people like I'm trying to suck their ear off. Oh, the, uh, sorry, that was copyrighted. The second one, anyway. But yeah, <laughs> as you see off in the distance, heading the direction you guys were, you see two figures, one on all fours, looking sort of canine esque, and walking next to that, a tall-looking woman. And they're both heading in the direction that the, your uh, wagon was before it was stopped unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Can we tell what race? From this distance, it's hard to tell. Uh, she appears to be wearing uh, like a, a headband. Okay. And her hair's up around her, so you couldn't really tell if, her, if, she, if she's got like pointy ears. Mm-hmm. But no wings and not short enough to be a wharf. No wings, and she's not short at all she's about like 5'11 you can judge right. from this distance and she's wandering toward the university okay. mm. not towards us no away okay. from you yeah she's heading towards the university she's going in our direction well we, we were talking about wanderers people who explore the miasma are usually not super friendly towards each other that's correct get back in the car to <laughs> can we outrun them yeah I think we we, we take our get speed back in the car. Do you think we... if we run into them that's fine Kind of, but let's run into them at least on university grounds. Yeah, I, let's I get as far as we can. The speed okay. advantage is worth taking. All right, so you guys hop back up into the uh, into the wagon. Mm-hmm. Do you say anything to Bazine and Buck about this? Yeah, this person. I think so. You're okay, welcome, well, Bazine. What do you What <laughs> do you tell them? Ass. We need to get there quicker. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there as fast as we can. In that right, Buck? And Buck is leaning over the controls. Sort of with his palms out flat, mm-hmm. and he's muttering to himself, and you can see faint bluish energy pulsating out of Buck and into the wagon's controls. And he looks up out of his little trance, and he says, "Uh, what? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll get you there as quick as we can." All right. I oh. told you guys that wagons were powered by magic. magic. Right. Right. I was about to say, like, whip those horses into shape, boy, and then they realize <laughs> we don't have horses. Yeah, it's got magic, and the. Uh, after he finishes channeling, the wagon sputters to life, and you guys coast forward for a little bit, and then you pick up speed, and you, you look off to the into the distance, and you can see that figure, who is still moving fairly quickly now that she's seen your wagon. Mm. Must go faster. 
<laughs> we gotta go. And the uh, the the skate is holding up pretty well. Yay. Okay. Considering all the love and care that went into welding it to the wagon. Hey. And within a couple of minutes, you guys are coasting along. And uh, you look off into the distance, and you can see another wagon. Oh, boy. But... That was the other wagon. <laughs> <laughs> but this wagon is in utter disrepair. It is burnt and... Ew. And it's got a couple wheels missing, and you can see burn, burnt dirt around the edges of the, uh, the wagon. Sprays. Oh, yeah, it absolutely it looks like... Something had a very bad time here. But it's still it's still trucking, or is it stopped? It's at, it is stopped in its tracks. It is. It looks like it may have been there for maybe a couple days now. Oh it's boy. been okay. demolished, but it has been absolutely torn to shreds by aberrations and by the miasma weather. Hmm. Um, I think we kind of take it off in our brains to drop by on the way back, but I th- I think we prioritize. Getting to the university first. Yeah, let's, let's university going, first, then we'll worry about everything else that seems to be going bad. I'm still a little shook up about before. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Hazane, <laughs> 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 do you have anything to to help this small child? Uh, hang on. So Bazine uh, goes into his stores, and he's rummaging about, and he pulls out this little sack doll in the shape of like a knight. I just, I take it from Vizine, I just toss it over to Grass, like, here, play with that. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just do something. You're not my fucking mother. <laughs> <laughs> and you have no idea how glad I am. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's sad. Nice. I never knew my mother. <laughs> uh, Vizine audibly sighs. <laughs> what? <laughs> You keep very interesting company these days, Sierra. He's not wrong. They kind of just follow me. She's not wrong. You know, a lot of people seem to follow you a lot of the time. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, I stopped doing that a long time ago. Good. It's your tail. They're <laughs> mesmerized by it. Hey, a lot of it. Don't touch my tail. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Reveals like a scar, like good in the side of yeah. his back. <laughs> Not even that. There's just like, it's like a, a shark bite. Like it's right? like there's a notable mark from when I hit him with the tail. <laughs> you guys barrel onward toward the university through this bit of swampland in the miasma, and after about ten minutes, you come to a large sign. Uh, that sign says Abernathy College. And beyond that, you can see the main building of the Abernathy College, which is this U-shaped building. And next to that is a large tower. Okay. Like clock tower-esque? What is it? What do you mean? Uh, it's, it's very monolithic in nature. It does have okay. a clock face facing outward toward you, but it is about the size of a bell tower. I'd say yeah, a bell tower would be, would be pretty good. If it were attached to a church, it would be pretty. Yeah, because I'm imagining, because the, the way you described it, it sounds like it's an old school, old-fashioned college. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine Harvard in, like, the early days of Harvard. Oh, okay. That's, okay. yeah, I get yeah. it. Big schmancy. Yeah. A little bit schmancy. The strange thing about the university grounds is that... You know how earlier I mentioned that there were uh, pieces of earth that are just sort of floating? Some sections of the building 
are actually floating in the air hmm. about level with uh, the third or fourth story of the tower. And uh, one of the pieces of the building is actually in the tower. Okay. Like, they have crashed into one another. Crammed, yeah. And they're a part of each other now. But the, the information you got from your contact in Oxbow was that the section of the building that broke off and combined and sort of smashed into the tower is the library. Okay. That the library is located in that section. So, so it's, it's about... Big old chunk. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Okay. So it's about three or four stories up in the tower. There's uh, the library, which is now a part of the tower. Yeah. So does does this tower have a door attached to it? It or? does. It has okay. several doors. Well, all right. Um, so, that, I mean, like the building, very little of it is back where the building actually belongs. It's all mostly in pieces, right? I'd say a, a good... 65% of the building is in the air. Okay. But it is still roughly in the shape that oh, it was when it was... Okay, uh, sure. So it's still in that U shape, but it's on different levels. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's hop to it. We, we might as well get going quickly. I guess we should say thanks to Bazine. Thank you, Bazine. Mm-hmm. I like you. You're a good guy. Yeah. Job's not done. Don't thank me yet. Yeah. Keep an eye out. Oh, God, you're such a good guy. You too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I try. I do. I do good by my friends. And he looks at Sierra. What's up with your voice, though, dude? Like for real? <laughs> He's a halfling. You can't just comment on his voice. You can't just talk about how people's voices sound, Degrass. Mm-hmm. Hey, sorry. In Rude. Oxbow, we're a little, you know. Just mind your manners. Gosh. Mm-hmm. I'll see you. I'll see you around, Bazine. Good luck in there. Let's head on in. All right, you guys head into the tower. And the first thing you notice when you open the doors is that it is dusty in here. And also, since you're inside, the, there doesn't seem to be a lot of miasma inside the building. Hmm. It hasn't permeated the space. Oh, we've we've taken our masks with us, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I was, <laughs> yes. Assumed. Are I the was, books still readable? Legible? You wouldn't know. We, you haven't gotten to the library. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, I thought we were in the library. No, no we're not we're yet. just in the tower to get ah, up there. Ah, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> and you enter into this big entryway space, and there are old water fountains and benches and there are a there is a hallway ahead of you that branches off to the left and to the right. And there's a little cork board on the far wall with some uh, parchment posters. And it's oddly quiet. There's the there's an occasional drip of water or the sound of uh, wind rustling somewhere in the tower. But other than that, it seems de- like deathly quiet. Yeah. Uh, so... Lyra's gonna go look at the cork board. See if there's anything okay. of interest. I'm going to ask you to roll a uh, discern realities. Yeehaw. Woo! That is a... What's... what's That's an 11. D- so discern realities is... Uh, Plus whiz. Yep. I got no whiz. I got 11. Damn, that's still pretty good. Yeah. All right, on a 10 plus, you ask me three questions from the list. Okay. And you take plus one forward when acting on the answers. Um, so what happened here recently? Uh, you look at the cork board and you see that there are some spaces where there were posters that have been taken down. Okay. And it's, you can tell that it's actually fairly recent that they've been taken down because there's no dust mm-hmm. underneath where they were. So it's likely someone else is around? It is very likely that someone is nearby. Okay. Because it looks like these things were, were removed Fairly recently. There hasn't even been enough time for the dust to reaccumulate. Uh, what here is useful or valuable to me? 
So you, there's a little map of the campus on the cork board, and it gives you a bit of a layout of the library itself once you get inside. I'm going to nab that. All right. So now you know the basic, like the shelf layout, the, ha- the little halls and alcoves mm-hmm. that might be in the, in the library. All right. Um, what should I be on the lookout for? Aberrations. Yeah, I you, figured. You <laughs> kneel down and you see little feet prints and claw marks. Mm-hmm. And you actually see one very lar- large sort of circular footprint. Um, I'm going to kind of relay the information to my my friends here. All right, so Lyra tells you guys about the, the map of the library, the fact that some of the posters are now missing, and the footprints in the tower. I hate this place already. And I will say that the, the hallways are pretty big. Mm-hmm. Like, this space you're in right now is... Very high vaulted ceiling, but it you wouldn't be able to transform into something super big in here to grass. It would be difficult would be to move around. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to move forward, you're not going to ha- be able to move backward very quickly. Well, shit. Well, I, I think we just keep on. Yeah, we can just keep. Yeah, we just going. keep going. All right. So, do you go left, right? Map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's follow the map. So you look on the map at the set at the section where the tower is mm-hmm. instead of where the library is, and it gives you a layout of where the nearest staircase is, which would be to your left. Okay, to the left. Let's go left. All right, you head left. You pass a couple of little classrooms and admissions area, and you get to a staircase. Uh, the problem with the staircase is that parts of it have fallen away mm. in the ensuing years of disuse. Wonderful. I have wings. That's yeah. true. You do have wings. <laughs> yeah, you're the one. You're one of the few who can get there. So you do have uh, you do have pluses for defying danger in that manner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you Lyra? What do you do? So is there there like a gap that's too big for these fools to jump? It would be. It would take them something to jump for sure. Okay. There are a few gaps. Can I kind of do a little bit of investigative work and see if there's any like planks or something that I could uh, use instead of having to carry them over? Again, this is Dungeon World. Don't ask me. Just do it. Okay, I'm going to look around for things. All right. Uh, discern realities. <gasps> That's a failure. <gasps> What's that roll? snake? Whoa. Four, four. Four plus zero. That's a choke right there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What move do I want to make? No. <laughs> I just wanted some planks. Can't wait to be obliterated. <laughs> So okay, exciting. so here's here's what happens. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. You know Randy Johnson, the baseball player, when he I threw do. threw baseball and fucking obliterated that, that bird, bird out of oh, the air. That's, that's just gonna be Lyra. Here's what happens. That's what's gonna happen right now. You rush in to look for boards to sort of help your friends get up the stairs without any trouble, and as you rush in, you hear a rumbling. All th- all three of you hear a rumbling, and then the uppermost part of the stairs collapses and falls in front of the doorway and you are now separated from the rest of the group. Lyra? You guys have been separated by falling debris. There's shit in the way now. Yes, there's a lot of shit. <sighs> could you do Buffalo again. You could do Buffalo again. <laughs> could do Buffalo again. Um, can I look at the map and see if there's other ways around? Who's got the map? You do. You okay. took the map. You've got it. I'd love to see if there's another way around. There is a second auxiliary staircase Mm. on the far end. Buffalo. Wait, what kind of debris is it? Like, is it like a specific kind of... Oh, it's stonework. Handcraft. Oh, boy. Can I kind of (laughs) add to that with the Ben Bars lift gates? 
We can work together. Okay, yeah. So, Sierra, you roll aid. Lyra, you roll Ben Bar's lift gates. So let's get Sierra's roll first. Why? Plus Plus bonds, so that'd be one. Hey, that's a that's a pass. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. On a seven to nine, you also expose yourself to danger, retribution, or cost, Sierra. You know, that's fine with me. All right. And what did you roll? Trying to save the bird, child. Oh, Nat twelve. Oh, dude. First one. So I get to choose three. Um, it doesn't take us a very long time to do this. Okay. It doesn't make an inordinate amount of noise. Okay. And I feel like fix the thing without a lot of effort might be kind of cheating because it's it was already broke. Um, but we could say nothing of value is a damage. I don't know. Okay. Injuries are avoided as much as possible. Right, right. Good enough. In this effort. In my passion to help my friends. Sierra, <laughs> you start burning away at your side of the debris. In a passion to save this bird. And Lyra, you start just pummeling the debris. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming with your claws? Yeah. Just, you know, just yeah. scratching. <laughs> I figure, like, uh, also, even if not just with the claws, but, like, using the whole body force to kind of knock shit out of the way. And, uh, Sierra, while Lyra is pummeling the debris out of the way, you take a stray piece of rubble to the chin. Take one damage. Boo-boo. Ow. Sorry. It's not your fault. <laughs> That's just muffled through the debris. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's... I hate this place. We'll, 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 we'll get going quickly. You've cleared the debris mm-hmm. enough that you can get your friends through mm-hmm. into the stairwell. But there is still the problem of the missing top half of the stairs. Is, is the door at the top open or it is it is just a passageway? It is just a passageway. There's All no right. door. Um, do you think I would be able to lift them? Not both of them. You could. Well, not at the same time. I could like offer one at a time. This. You could spend an adventuring gear, and we could talk about what that does. Ooh, that's an idea. So with adventuring gear, instead of having like all your equipment listed out, adventuring gear is basically you spend it. You spend a gear to give yourself an item. Mm-hmm. So say. If you wanted to spot something from a long distance off, you'd say, oh, I spend an adventuring gear to have a telescope. Mm -hmm. Now, that obviously has its limits. You can't say, I spend an adventuring gear to pull out a rocket launcher. Yeah, reasonable. Yeah. It's just something that you have in your pack, but just a way to sort of commodify that. I think it would be reasonable to say she has a grappling hook. Oh, absolutely. So you want to spend an adventuring gear? I would would love to. All right. I will absolutely agree to that. I can also fly up and make sure it's going to stay sturdy. Right, so do you do that? Yeah. All right, and there's not really any immediate danger, so you just do that. You you flutter up. Beautiful. And you secure the line. Nice. And your two friends, DeGrasse and Sierra, climb their way up onto the second floor. Hurrah. Up we go. Now you're on the second floor of the tower. Beautiful. The first thing you notice is that it's th- there's even less miasma up here, so it would be probably safe to take the masks off if you wanted to. I think she'll kind of keep it around her neck. I just see. In case, yeah, yeah. But off the face directly for now. Right. Safe bet. Did, did we see if the library was on the third floor or the fourth? I was going to say, do we have a path ahead? Kind of, do we the library of... is on the third floor. Okay. okay. Right, let's look for ways to get... I could fly up there and s- sort of try to ascertain the situation. 
And also, can I ask you a quick question, DeGrasse? Mm-hmm. As the druid, yes. How does seeing the Earth shifted in this way make you feel? It um. It feels. I don't know. It, it, I'm trying to describe it. It's it's sort of like a um, like a calming sensation. Really like a numbing. Yeah, it's like being at one with. It's like almost like you're feeling. Um, but to see the Earth's light footsteps. To see the Earth, Earth in the miasma, the way that it's shifted um, and changed and sort of. Oh, oh yeah, right. In the miasma, um, it's like not. It's it's like that, but it feels like an upset stomach almost. Uh, like, a, like a yeah, like a like you kind of. You know when you're um, a more mild version of when you're sick and you feel really warm on the inside but cold on the outside. So kind a downside awesome. to being uh, a downside to being one with the earth is that when the earth is wrong, you feel wrong. Yeah, it's almost like if the earth is sick, like you feel. Yeah, like you feel the effects of the it's earth. Kind of sickness. Right. But you can use um, like you still use the powers, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, not, yeah, but yeah. Um, but just, I just wanted to get what your take on the way this is. Yeah, no, I I think that's what it is. Like discomforting. Lyra, as a high wing, you come mm. from a culture where information in the miasma and information just overall is sort of highly valued. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to see an institution of learning torn up? Well, I imagine she doesn't have a lot of experience, so she hasn't seen much of it, but she definitely knows the idealized, like what it should look like. Right. So The pristine halls yeah, it, of kind Abernathy of, College. It, it, it definitely, uh, it's a bit sad. All right, so you do see on the map, Lyra, that there is another set of stairs here mm-hmm. on the far end. It, d- it is a part of the uh, the auxiliary staircase yeah. that I mentioned earlier. Can I do a bit of a scan of the... Uh, I'm, Again, go- I'm going to. Yeah, thank you. I'm going <laughs> to guys, remember, don't ask me to do yeah, a yeah, thing. Yeah, Just yeah. do it. I'm going to Gah. look around the room and see if there's anything of worth, if anything looks important. Right. Roll me another Discern Realities, please. Fingers crossed, folks. Yuck. Okay, that's a fail. Oh, what'd you roll? I need to stop doing that. A five. Oh, boy. Plus zero. <laughs> Jeez. Why are you letting the least wise? Because you're the one doing You're the all... one with the map. Yeah. <laughs> that is... <laughs> you could hand the map off at any time. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking up immediately, she just slowly hands the map off to the grass. <laughs> all right, Lyra. Uh... You search into the darkness of the tower, mm-hmm. looking for anything that might give you any sort of advantage in this area. Mm-hmm. And you hear a whistling, like something moving very fast through the air in your general direction. Oh, boy. What do you do? Um, I would like to duck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so roll uh, Defy Danger Dexterity, please. All right, come on. That's a six and a five plus a two dexterity. Right? <laughs> I hella dodge. Like so wait, what'd you roll? Uh, that's a, a I rolled an eleven plus two. Damn, girl, that's a hello dodge. I'm very dexterous. All right, you you duck with plenty of time to spare as this crossbow bolt flies over your head, God. and you see in the distance the shape of a tall man, and he's holding a hand crossbow in one hand. And a rod in the other. And he, he, ah, fuck, what's it called when you put a gun away? He, he um, <laughs> Holster. holsters it. Yeah, Holster. there, there you go, thank you. He holsters the crossbow and strolls forward into a stream of light coming through a hole in the tower. And you see this half-orc with the tusks and mm. the sort of olive green skin. And he's wearing, he's wearing a long brown duster. 
mm-hmm. and like a riverboat gambler hat. Wonderful. Ooh, wow. And he's got a little ponytail man bun type thing wrapped underneath the brim of the hat on the back end. Old man river. And he's wearing this, but underneath the duster, he's got this cream button up shirt with suspenders and a pair of brown slacks. I hope this guy's friendly. He looks cool. And he, he sounds amazing. Walks up to the three of you. He, he, he keeps his distance well enough. And he's still got that rod in his hand. Well, that was a bit of an impolite introduction, wasn't it? I know. He, he didn't really you know, make a good first impression, but he looks cool. I apologize. First impressions aren't my forte. Obviously. What in the hell are you three doing here? I'm assuming the same thing as you. We're, we're looking for things. Oh. What are you here for, sir? I think you and I both know what I'm here for, young man. That's cryptic, but all right. Are you working together? What's it to you, wise guy? Well, it's my livelihood. What's it to me? I never understood why wanderers would want to band together. It just means less take for the lot of you. No, but we get more because we all work together. So, you know, it's also less effort. So, you you know. What they said. Hold on, hang on a minute. Missy, can you step up a little bit? Okay. So, Sierra, you step forward. Yeah, I'm going to step forward. Let me get. Cautiously stepping forward. Sierra scorched skin. Oh, crap. Oh, fuck. You know this, idiot. I might. Pardon me for finding it a little offensive that you don't know me. I mean, I can't. I'm not good at remembering people. I meet a lot of people. I'm not from around here. Everyone seems to meet me, and I can't remember anybody. Well, let's start with this. My name is Colrain Defton Wolf McDougal, and the things in the library belong to me. Ah, shit. Do you have a contract that states that explicitly? I like, my skin kind of just... It's time for the, for the pink scales. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want me to turn into a prairie dog? I'll fuck you up, man. No. <laughs> Wait, no. do you know this... Do you know this odd one? Yeah. Let's... Uh, yeah. Spout lore. Let's spout lore. Let's spout lore. Yeah. Roll me a spout lore. <laughs> uh, roll plus intelligence. Of course, right. it's a ten. On a ten, on a ten plus, I'll give you something interesting and useful about the subject relevant to the situation, and then I'll ask you how you know this. So here's what I'll tell you. Colrain Dafton Wolf McDougal is an orc. Half orc. Uh, half orc from Glasstown. Yep. He's a notorious wanderer killer. Yep. He's one of the more violent wanderers. There's normally sort of a way of doing things with wanderers where they they do get in each other's way a lot, but they don't advocate for murder. Mm-hmm. Colrain doesn't operate like that. He's very, very violent. <laughs> He's a bad boy. He's also a wizard. Yeah. He's a mage. He uses that rod in his hand to cast magical spells. Hmm. And how do you know that? We used to work together. Was it you, him, and Bazine? Yeah. Oh! You used to work with this guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Remember that thing with Bazine and the glass town? Yeah, that's, that's... It's been quite a long time since glass down, Sierra. Yeah. Why are you here? I don't like this at all. I got a tip about the library. Yeah. Why are you here? (laughs) 
Well, pardon my boots for coming and doing my job here. Your job is bull, and you need to leave. Would I recognize the name at all and know anything? Coleraine, how new new are you? Um, She's been out here like half a year. He's probably notorious enough for that name to make uh to make a mark. What I know about his staff thinger? Uh, maybe he says a nickname. She's like, oh, I know that nickname. Mm. That way we don't. Well, have yeah, the wanderer him. killer. <laughs> the yeah. wanderer killer. That's pretty much the nickname. Yeah. So that that's Colrain. He's the wanderer killer. <laughs> but I would know about his staff. Uh, his you wouldn't know how he does the killing. You would just know that. But he's... I know he has a. The staff is magical. Oh, absolutely! It's you know a, that he's magic. Only magic people carry around metal rods like yeah. that. Yeah, you know that he's magic and that he's got a nickname known as the Wanderer Killer. Because here's my thought. Uh huh. I have this fun whip. You're not going. Oh lord. You'd... That I can use to bring things closer to me. So sort of, you're gonna disarm Colrain. Yeah. Lyra. Uh... You know what? That sound, Lyra. I want to let her do this, Leon. <laughs> Let me face consequences. Do you have Do you have any better options? I I mean we we came all this way. <laughs> Wanderer parlay. <laughs> Degrassi, do you have any input here? Do you? I mean, you obviously want to fight this guy. Go get him. Okay. <laughs> all right, uh, Lyra, roll me a defy danger. Uh, Would this be a defy danger? You act despite an imminent yes. threat. It okay. is. By the way, DeGrasse's bravado in this situation is entirely a mask for the, <laughs> the gut-wrenching fear he feels inside. You're just acting like all the people you saw in those uh, community plays. Exactly. Yes. Uh, can, I, can I call this an acting fast? Because uh, I, I got a... Oh, yeah. I would say this is a uh, defy danger by acting fast. Um, that is a mixed success, because that right. is a six plus two for my decks. All right. On a mixed success, uh, I you stumble, hesitate, or flinch. And I'll give you a worst outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. But I still succeed. Oh, yeah, no, you get the thing out of his hand. Okay. Why did you do that? <laughs> it's hard for wizards to do wizard things without their fucking staff. You can get the rod out of his hands, but <laughs> it's going to go off, and it'll do a little bit of damage to you. I'll take it. Okay. Oh, my. Lyra kicks out with, her, with one of her talon claws. Mm-hmm. And the whip follows suit and wraps around the rod, dragging it down and toward her. And as it, as she does, you see Colrain, his eyes go wide, and in a split second, he channels enough energy into the, into the rod to fire off a quick magic missile. At me? At you. All right. And you take two damage. Okay. How do I mark that down again? Uh, on your current HP. Oh, yeah. I know things. Ah, uh, jeez. I'll take it. I got it away from him. You did. And the rod clatters to the floor. Okay. And it Can rolls I pick it toward up? you. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll say you both go to pick it up. Me at, and him? At the same time, yeah, you both All spring right. for it. Can you roll me another uh, defy danger? <sighs> Dex. Fuck yes. Okay, that is a nine plus two. That That's is an 11. 11. <laughs> All right. You're getting good rolls today. Because we're excellent and terrible. You pounce on top of the rod and curl up around it and Colrain and you scoop it up and you're, you come up in a kneeling position with mm-hmm. the rod in one claw. Mm-hmm. Mine. Okay. And uh, what do you do, Sierra? You obviously didn't want to see any violence here. 
I really didn't. Right. I mean, there doesn't have to be violence yet, but I figured I'd even the playing field. You can't kill him. Why not? It's not. We don't kill. If he's... Okay, listen. His name is the bloody Wanderer Killer. Yeah, because he's not a wanderer anymore. He's just a murderer. Do you think I am he's still going to... a wanderer. You murdered... You murdered. I've done plenty of that, and that's... Yeah. Do you think he's going to let us walk out of here alive when his bloody name is the Wanderer Killer? I think he will. If he cares enough about truces and agreements and the fact that you've already taken his wand, apparently. Yeah. Or taken his rod. It's a rod. Thank you. It's a wand. It's... You know what? (sighs) He lowers his hands into his side and sticks them out with the palms facing you. And he just starts sort of slowly backing away. And trust me, you you already know what I can do. I'm very well aware. Do you really want to risk that? No. Exactly. So you can just leave now and forget about your rod. You listen here, Scorched Skin. I catch you out there without your posse. You're as good as snakeskin boots. You've tried before. I'll try again. Yeah, we'll see. He slowly disappears into the shadows. He's half obscured in darkness, and he says, You know there are more people coming, right? Uh, There always is. (laughs) That is true. That is very true. There always are. Get got. Good luck. A lot of you. Then he's gone. And he disappears in a flourish. Well. Bye. Give me that rod. All right. All right, so, uh, Lyra, you hand the rod over? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm melting it. What? Awesome. Yeah, I'll Dude, take that. Dude, that's, that's hard. That's cool. <laughs> that's hard. All right, you. I'm melting it, and my scales are now full red. <laughs> Oof. Okay. You, well, you're angry. Yes. Angry on main. Yes. You you melt. Are you just melting it in the slag? Or yes. Are you you? you I'm not see, forging into anything new. I'm just melting it. The two of you watch as Sierra just grips this metal rod, and it sort of heats up and red hot. turns just red hot, and starts melting around her hand into this piece of curved slag, just metal slag. It just it it, it she she turns it into modern art. All right, well, you heard the man. Let's get moving. Yeah, let's. All right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's, let's book it up the stairs. You guys make your way to the auxiliary staircase. Mm-hmm. You go up to the third floor. Mm-hmm. And you see the entrance to the library. Yeehaw. What do you do? Um, is it just another passageway? There's no door? There is no door. It is just another passageway into uh, the sort of like squared off hallway. Walk in. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's go for it. Right. He said they're coming, not that they're already here. That's not good either way. All right, so you open the door, and immediately there's a rush of air and gas. All right, mask's back on. So yep. could everybody roll Defy Danger Dex for me? That's a nine. Fuck. <laughs> Four. Plus, what's your dex? Uh, zero. Well, <laughs> Woof, a do Four total. Eight. For... <laughs> we both... Mixed success, he failed. Okay, the two of you do manage to get your masks on in time. I'm not very dexterous, so I I, I can't get the get the answer. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. And here's here's how, gonna, here's how we're gonna here's how we're gonna work your mixed success and Degrassi's fail in. 
Degrass, you do not get your mask on. You fumble with it as the the gas seeps into the hall. Is it so? This is gas, not the, like the miasma. Well, no, fog? It, it's miasma fog. Okay. And there's this purplish fog filtering into the room very quickly, and you you fumble for your mask and you drop it on the ground. And normally, you can pretty much survive well enough the f- with when you just stand in the miasma. Mm-hmm. So long as you're not there too long. Right. But you, you're not used to the miasma at all, and this is probably your first time ever inhaling any of it. So you just feel this burning in your lungs, and, and you I especially, coughing. and I feel it even more because of like my link to the earth as well. Right. Like I feel it like breathing it in. It's Toxic even worse. oxygen. Yeah. Toxigen, as, as we say in the biz. You've got the baby lungs. I breathed them some weird shit before, but this is totally new. This is this is like the worst halfling pipe leaf you've ever it's had in your life. Skunkiest halfling. <laughs> the most Reggie halfling pipe leaf. I mean, skunk doesn't really affect it, but the, it's yeah. This is what happened when my uncle tried to lace PCP into halfling pipe. Leaf. <laughs> I'm gonna strike the the existence of PCP from the canon. <laughs> I'll come up with a, between this next episode. I'll come up with a canon alternative right. for PCP. But uh, DeGrasse, you start you you're sputtering. You lose your mask in the shuffle and you collapse onto the ground and you take a debility. Okay, how do, how does that uh, manifest itself on my character page? On your character sheet, there will be little boxes next to each of your individual skills. Mm-hmm. Ah, Constitution cool. sick maybe. And that they will then it's all say you take a constitution ability. So I just tick that box. Right? Yes. Okay. So now you'll take minuses to your constitution okay. if you need to roll that. Gotcha. Could Instead of a plus one, it's now a minus one. Right. So it's a net two, net swing of two. Okay. Exactly. And Dang. you can have those abilities removed uh, during uh, downtime. Okay. So uh, after the mission, you'll probably be able to. But until you get it un- until you get undebilitated, you will have a minus to, to constitution okay. checks. And the two of you see DeGrasse just collapse underneath all of this toxic in, all this toxic energy. Uh, Lyra's going to scramble to pick up his mask and try and shove it on him. All right, uh, Lyra, you, you pick up the mask and you shove it onto his face and he, and DeGrasse, <laughs> after, yeah, after a couple seconds, you, you, you come back. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you had every right to worry about him. Yeah. Well, I mean, welcome to the miasma, I guess. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Uh, but the 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 door to the library is now laid open before you. There are streaks of late afternoon sun filtering in through the miasma fog, through giant gaping holes in the roof where you can see bits of piping and wood and plaster. Um, I'm Larry's going to kind of use the map to kind of beeline to wherever we're supposed to be going. Yeah. And I will, yeah, there, uh, a ton of these books are just not as intact as advertised. They've been hit with weather and, uh, some Mold. of them. Oh mm. yeah. It's, it's, it, the smell, if you could smell, Ugh. oh boy, yeah. it would be so bad. But you, you, you enter into the library and you parse through all these, uh, the hallways of just, destroyed books and you know notice- of slop at this point yeah yeah pulp and mm-hmm. ink and you look on the map and you see there is a little prote- a section that looks like it was protected mm-hmm. and on the map it's labeled as the special collections okay so you make your way back there mm-hmm. okay 
Uh, you know the special collections. It's got the Book of Time from fucking Doctor Strange. <laughs> and you're you're making your way toward the the special collections when you hear a noise. What kind of noise? It's you. You hear like stone on stone uh, rubbing. Oh my god! And in addition to that, you also hear uh, skittering. Great. But like a, a heavy plodding skitter, not okay. like a tiny little footed skitter. All right, I would like. I'm gonna check the noise. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you're gonna you're you're gonna roll me uh discern realities. Hope you wise. Yeah. Roll plus whiz. You gotta be kidding me. Oh God. Five. Whoa. You have no whiz. We gotta stop doing this. It's only it's only plus one, so it's just gonna be six. So uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So here's what I'll here's what I'll do. It's it's gonna be a soft move, so don't worry about it. Great. All right. So with that, remember roll, I'm angry. <laughs> so, so with that, discern realities. Roll, Leon, Sierra. This is what you see. You see several bookcases just being knocked over, headed your way like dominoes, and skittering over those knocked over bookcases are a pack of knights. These these acid exploding aberrations. And the thing that is knocking over these shelves comes into view very soon after. It's, it walks on four legs, each made of stone. It's about the size of a small wagon, so it's having a lot of trouble moving around in the library, and it's, the top of it almost touches the, uh, the ceiling. And toe-to-tip, it is made from stone and held together with moss and... Up toward the center of it, you can see a, uh, an abscess, sort of like a, a like a, a bore, like a cannon hole. Just a baby colossus. That's all. It's it 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 is very reminiscent of a colossus. The first colossus. <laughs> so this thing that is careening through the library, knocking over shelves and sending books flying, is a rook. And the first thing that this thing does, the minute it sights you is it fires off just a massive piece of slag out of that cannon. At whom? Just the group? Me. At you, Sierra. Oh, boy. What do you do? Mm-hmm.